Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. We have another amazing show tonight, and uh, the 20-year anniversary of 9-11 is this year, and I thought, what better way to commemorate it and not to celebrate, but to commemorate it, because it's a very somber occasion, than to invite the three detectives that I responded to uh, the Twin Towers that, that morning with, and... I'm very proud to say I worked with these guys in the 2-3 Detective Squad. And here we are, all of us feeling very privileged that not only did we respond that day, but that we're still alive 20 years later. And I'd like to uh, I'm going to introduce them one by one. Uh, just beneath me with the nice haircut is uh, Zedekiah Jennings, who uh, is a, a second grade detective now. And to, to his, uh, his left is uh, Billy Hicks, William Hicks. Also a great detective that worked with me in the 2-3 squad and the Manhattan North Homicide Squad. And above the Ivan Putsky-looking guy is James Zarakis, a great detective also from the 2-3 squad. So, folks, you know, if, if you like this show, please um, subscribe on YouTube. We're adding uh, audience all the time. Just subscribe, hit the bell, and give us a thumbs up. You know, I, I just wanted to say to you guys, it's so, it's, it's so great. I mean, it's a shame that we don't see each other in person, but it's so great to see every one of you. And, I, you know, I just wanted to just bring us back to that, that day. Uh, well, it's not quite 20 years ago. It will be 20 years ago this September 11th. And uh, uh, Jimmy Zarakis, what, 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 tell us, what were your feelings that morning? What were you actually doing that morning? Uh, well, hello, and it's great to be with uh, you guys. I mean, you guys were tremendous to me, man, in my whole time there. Uh, but to get to the point was um, that morning we were, uh, the A-team was working, and Billy was, you know, Billy was an uh, A-team guy, and uh, you were the boss that day. And Z was, uh, he was in the office that day also. And uh, long story short, um, I got a call from um, my wife, Marissa. And you guys know who she is. And uh, she's on the job. And long story short, she uh, said, hey, uh, did you hear anything about like, you know, like some planes going in, uh, a plane going into the, uh, one of the towers. So, I actually said it, I, I was in the office that day, and I mean, you know, and I said, uh, hey, I, I just, heard, she just told me this. So anyway, we go into the back, a few of us, I don't remember exactly who it was, but we uh, end up, um, <clears throat> we see a plane, like, in the towers, and they're not making a big deal out of it. It's like, we're, we're all thinking that it's like a, uh, you know, some sort of bullshit plane that went into the plane, into the tower and then um a short time later it was like another 20 minutes later i remember bill billy hicks my brother you know just below me said another plane just went into the towers into the other tower and he we were like we're under attack and next thing you know we um we get a call to suit up, man. You're going downtown. And next thing you know, I mean, I remember going down into the precinct and hearing that the first tower went down. And then... Uh, you know, Jimmy, I can, I just, can I just interrupt you for one second? Yes, sir. My recollection was just as we left and got in the car, they had said that the first tower had just fallen down. See, I remember it. We, you know what? We were waiting for Z. We were like, "Where the hell is he?" We're downstairs. We're all dressed up, you know, in our, you know, in you know, in the bag. And um, I heard. I remember hearing behind the, you know, the precinct desk saying, "Yeah, that's how I remember it too." Down. Anyway, we're waiting for you, Z, and it's like I, I, I don't know if he was like, you know, plucking his eyebrows or shaving his hair. <laughs> You know, he was he was making himself pretty and stuff. Anyway, I know we jump in, we all jump into a car, and we head downtown, and there's nobody on the road. Remember on the FDR? Yeah, they they cleared off the FDR. Yeah. 
I mean, you'd think that there was, yeah, I mean, and then we get down there and I, 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 I want to let other people speak. I mean, but. Uh, all right, Billy, Billy, why don't, Billy Hicks, why don't you uh, tell us like, I, I just want to mention something that I, I said it before the show is that on the way down there, Billy Hicks had said to me, he says, uh, Sarge, he goes, why don't we park at South and Pike? Because if we drive right down to the building, we'll never get out of there. I remember and, that. And I said, you know something, Billy, that's a good idea. And I always yeah. thought that that decision may have saved all of our lives. You know, yeah. I really do. I really feel that way. Yeah, I remember that. Go ahead, Billy. From what I remember, I go back the day before. I remember I remember this like yesterday on the uh, September 10th. I went by Jimmy's house to get a, a gun cleaning kit from him because I had to go to the range that night. And I remember this clear as a bell. He was sitting down watching the History Channel, and they were showing the bombing of Pearl Harbor. He was watching it, and I remember telling him, I'm glad nothing like that doesn't happen anymore. This is September 10th. The next day, we go into work, and his wife calls, and I answer the phone, and she's like, she's kind of short with me. And she's she's never short with me. She's always like, how you doing? So I remember handing the phone to Jimmy, and I remember him saying, what do you mean the World Trade Center blew up? Those are his exact words. So I remember walking, walked back into the lunchroom on the TV. One towel was burning. And we were like, oh, no big deal. Some idiot ran into the World Trade Center with a small plane. He'll fix it. We went back downstairs and started, you know, doing the day's work. Then I hear Gladys yelling and cursing. The second building's on fire. The second building's on fire. And that's when I went up and they showed the plane hitting the second tower. And we uh we waited to uh you know we got dressed and waited for them to tell us where to go. And I remember going out the door to the parking lot, and I remember hearing Sergeant McLean yelling from their TV room on the first floor. The first tower fell, one of the towers fell, and I'm and I'm telling myself, what is he talking about? One of the towers fell. Right. And I remember getting in the FDR drive. And like he said, there was no traffic, and people are walking up the side of FDR Drive, and they're covered in, uh, you know, in ash and dirt. And I remember looking up, and I'm like, "Oh shit! There's, there's only one tower there. Where'd the other tower go?" And then, you know, we went and parked, and I suggested we park on Pike Street, not realizing the enormity of this, because I was like, "Yeah, we parked there." All these emergency vehicles are going to block us in, and we're never going to get out of there. That was my reason. And now, but you know something that was, uh, you know, if that unintended, that that was an amazing decision. That yeah, you know, if we'd have got down there uh, ten minutes earlier. Who knows? We might not have been here now. Now, sure. do you remember the second time? This is my recollection. Uh, we're down there. Now the second tower didn't go down, but it came down, and we heard this tremendous you know like collapse and i remember chambers on broadway i'm sorry we were at chambers on broadway getting ready to muster up no no but the, the the second i thought it was the when we were crossing one. we were crossing canal street i think when no. it came down yeah the, sec the second building fell i think when we were right around maybe north of pike street because i remember i don't know if you remember they had no, that we were on foot we were on yeah, foot. We, right? we walked. Yeah, we walked. I, and, I remember that female. They had the female cop that on the. Remember the female cop that was on the radio, saying that she couldn't find her way out of there. Yeah. And then the yeah. building fell. So we, we were actually walking toward the the site when the second tower fell. That's how well, I remember. I remember when the when the second tower came. I mean, the best best of my recollection, and I remember looking at Billy Cannon our host here, and um, it, I remember we looked at each other like, holy shit, because it was like, just, it, it felt like a, like a little bit of like, like an earthquake, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I'll tell you then, after that, I mean, it was just unbelievable of, there was, there was really not much of a, You know, like get. I mean, there was there was no getting together. I mean, it, it seemed like everything was crazy. And remember, Bill, we went into the and and all all of us. Remember, we went to that fucking. Um, we went into that store because there. Was I remember that. 
I, I know what you're going to say to get yeah, the bandanas. <laughs> we needed masks. But right. The, the place is full of smoke and, you know, and um, yeah, he wanted to charge us and we're like, crazy and, price. And, and, and I remember yeah. Cannon. Cannon got pissed like, off. Cannon got pissed off. I remember. I go, it's World War Three, and you, you want us to pay for these bandanas. Yeah, you wanted like some exuberant price. Yeah. Yeah. And I still got that that mask. I yeah, I remember Cannon. Like, are you, are you, what, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I remember we went in yeah, that we store. We yelled at the guy. We yelled at him. Yeah. We got, you know, he wanted some crazy price for him. And Kendall was like, "What are you crazy?" <laughs> the world is falling down now, and yeah. you're, 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 you're charging us. Everybody's going. Yeah, down. I mean, we were in full uniform and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, Z, Z, what was your? Give us. You haven't spoken yet. Why don't you give us your uh, recollection? All, all I have to say that that was a good decision that Hicks made because I remember I'm the one who was saying, "Let's go all the way down by courts." down by um, the court section and park the car. And Hicks said, no, no, no. You don't think that's a good idea. And that's when we pulled over by Pike Street right. and South Street by Patmark. Had a Patmark there. Right. And when we got out of the car, I said, yo, this is a long walk. So we got out of the car and we like speed walk all the way down there. Like we was running, going down I thought there. I thought you wanted to take your canoe that was docked by the no, FTR no. drive. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a good decision. Um, Hicks, I gotta give it to you. Yeah, well, like I said, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize the enormity of the situation until I really got down there and saw everything. That's when I was like, oh shit, guys! You I'm know. just gonna show. I'm gonna just show a. Um, I'm gonna share the screen for a minute, and I'm gonna show a quick, um, a quick video. I'm gonna put it on our screen here. Um, I live. He's coming down on me. Here it comes. I'm getting behind the car. It's incredible. Okay, I have to go find people who need help. Because I don't think I'm one of them. You okay, sir? Okay. Can I just get a toot off your respirator? Yeah. Can I get a toot? I'm seeing a couple of clean breaths. <laughs> This is the car I hid behind. It saved my life. Yeah. Wait, maybe it was this one. There's all these noises. I think it, I don't know what it is. They say someone needs help. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Mike, come over here. Yeah. Anybody need a doctor? Who are you? Don't have oxygen. That guy needs some oxygen. If someone can share it with him. 10-4. Thanks. Unbelievable. I'll tell you, Billy, man, I remember, like, walking through this stuff and looking at these these cars and the destruction and 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 it was like surreal it really was. yeah i i remember this too we couldn't see it was just exactly yeah, how it was and that's right it looked like it was snowing like yeah 
it looked like it was snowing. Me and, me, me and Hicks, like, you know, like telling people to, like, you got to go this way. And there's tons of people. And uh, it was. It was unbelievable. I mean, so far, it seems that people. I can't believe that we we experienced this. What a what a what a what a moment in history. Remember, my uniform was blue when we went down there. When we got in there, it was totally white. My face was totally white. I remember one, and then I remember taking water, chopping water on my face, and it started burning me. And I think Canada said. Just leave your face like that, because we didn't know what was in that po- um, all that powder. Come with you. Yeah, yeah. Remember all that? You know, when we got back to prison that night, but I don't want to get too much closer. There's more buildings to come down. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to help anybody. All right. Yeah. I think we should. Go. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we down there a long time. Cause I remember one of yeah. us. I don't remember who I walked with. Hours, Bill. We, at night we walked. Through, at night we walked around, and yes. I remember it looked like it looked like something out of a movie. I remember I see a, yes. a mail truck crushed, windows blown in everywhere. It, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You know, it looked like something out of an alien invasion movie or something. Yeah. You know what was amazing too? Like while we were responding down there, all we heard over the radio was bomb threats. Do you remember yeah. that? Right, right. People right. were calling in bomb threats. We're like, what? Why would you yeah. take a bomb threat serious now? They this is the biggest bomb that ever went off, you know? Yeah, yeah. I remember you right, people. They were I remember cops telling everybody, run, run, get out the way, and there might be a bomb there, but then it was uh But didn't you hear the rumors? Remember, like uh like all these chiefs allegedly got killed, and then we heard about like the other planes that went into like Pentagon you know, the other locations. Yeah, Pennsylvania. So, yeah. And I mean it was just it was this crazy, man. It was. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, that was a horrible day. You but, know, one of the things I just wanted to mention, and I, I had always wished, um, like down the road, that I had had a picture of us from that day. Yeah. But we all felt that it was disrespectful to take pictures. Remember? Right, right, right. And and we wouldn't take any. Nor would I ever take anything as a souvenir because no, I just I thought that. What you're saying, I mean. Yeah. That's yeah. a big that that was a big deal. I mean, it, it right. And the thing was too. This is. I'm sorry. Go yeah, on, nobody knew really what to do when we were down That's there. All we did was stand around all day. Remember when we were like, yeah, I guess yeah. There was like, yeah, we did. Other than and, than Billy Cannon, as our boss that day, we I mean we were just like, uh, all right, like we're kind of on our own, man. I mean, yeah. there was no. You know, super, super supervision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I guess in a situation like that, you know, who knows what to do? Nobody expected that. I guess now they'll have hands a little better if something like that happens again. Well, you know what is? They have those protocols called National Incident Management System, but that took a long time to get into place. I remember days after this happened, there was a lot of criminals going down to uh, Ground Zero. Yeah. Because they didn't have the security in place, and you don't even think like. Who's going to, what opportunist is going to come down here and try to commit crimes during this? And sure enough, oh, yeah, they, were, they yeah. were down there, right? Yeah, yeah, they uh, they, they find a way. <laughs> it, it, it's no, just incredible. You know, there were some of the um, the pictures, of course, this is uh, Moira Smith, yeah. who, yeah. Uh, who was Not a huge her, hero that day. Yeah. She went in and, you know, she went in the, and out of the buildings to rescue people. And, of course, we all know that... Um, that she lost her life that day. Yeah, and I, I actually knew her uh, husband, uh, J- uh, Jimmy Smith, and uh, he was a hell of a nice guy. And uh, you know, here's this was uh, Jimmy Smith getting like the Medal of Honor from Mayor Giuliani, and the little the little girl's like two years old there. Right. So, from what I understand right now, she's um, she's in college studying to be an athletic trainer right now. Right. And that was the that was the picture of that. It's every touching, of course, to everybody. Do you guys remember this picture? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. It's another iconic, yeah, an iconic picture from um, right. from Ground Zero that somehow the steel uh, formed the cross, and people found tremendous comfort and meaning in that that that, yeah. that occurred. You know. Yeah. And um, 
And then, of course, I, I remember this because we weren't too far from there. I know. We walked we walked over to there and seeing the, the uh, you know, the fire department rig. I, I guess that's a hook and ladder. I'm not too versed in fire department language. <laughs> but when we looked at that, it, it almost lo it looked like, you know, we we're in a war zone. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally, yeah. man. Yeah, it, it is, it is a very, very moving. Uh, you know, Ramblin' Rome, I never heard the PD side chat about it, only us FDI. Thank you for all you did then, too. You know something? There were so many heroes that day, and a lot of us, you know, we've gotten some um, illnesses from, uh, in con connection with 9-11. And I always go once a year to the Mount Sinai thing, and some of the sickest people down there were the steel workers. Yeah. Because yeah, they spent yeah. six, you know, they spent six or nine months down there. I mentioned this last night. And those guys were tremendous heroes, man. Tremendous. Yeah. And they don't they don't yeah, get you never got that stuff cleaned up. There was a them. ton of uh there was a ton of civilian, you know, heroes that went down there and they worked their ass off and they and they died for it. And um I mean, it wasn't just the, the PD and the FD and EMS and, you know, the, the first responders. It was a lot of people, man. A lot New of volunteers. Yeah. I forgot all about the steel workers. Yeah, those guys were. Yeah, they were right in the thick of things. There's, uh, there's the poster of uh, the 23 NYPD officers that lost their life that day. Yeah. yeah. And regards and to that. Remember when we was running down, I mean, walking, like, say, running, running, walking fast, going towards there. And then over the radio, had a lot of, some of the cops screaming, you know what I mean, coming yeah. over. Yeah, well, some of them were screaming from under the pile, yeah. Yeah, and it was so sad, you know what I mean? And that yeah. even pumped you up even more to try to get there, to try to help them out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I can remember that, and looking at you guys, like, we're looking at each other going, this is on what? I mean, it it was. Yeah, that totally came wow, from left field. Crazy, man. Yep. You know, it was always good, like, <clears throat> when you did leave there and um, you saw people that you, you knew were down there. And it was, you're so happy to see that people survived it. Because yeah. as I think you were talking about before, Jimmy, there was rumors that so many people had died that, in fact, hadn't. Right. Because... The communication was so bad because those the towers had the, the, antennas the big on antennas on them, right? Like, so yeah. the communication was horrible, and there was so you know, police department has ridiculous rumors as it is. Right. So uh, <laughs> it, you know, with a, yeah. a situation like this, right. the rumors were just so running rampant that uh, yeah. you know oh. everyone says, "Oh, the whole top echelon of the police department is gone; right. they're dead." Yes. Remember yes. that? Yes. yes. And I remember. Z's had the, none of us had had um cell phone cell phone thank right, you right except your cell phone was the only one that worked and and Z's cell phone was the only one that was like working yeah and, uh, the flip flop God knows how that happened but <laughs> yeah I remember that. That, that it, it did but I remember we were we had no communication with um I mean outside as world far as, 2001 with the cell phone service back then we were talking to each other right just hearing uh pd communications you know and it but, was it was crazy yeah you know I remember, uh, go ahead billy i'm sorry I, I remember afterwards like in the aftermath of that the next week two three weeks how everybody was nice to us isn't that yeah? That, that was amazing. We, we were heroes. Yeah, we we went in front of the two, three. Everybody was clapping and holding up signs. Yeah. I was like, "Usually, you're cursing us out and throwing people <laughs> blocks off the roof at us." That's right. Uh, a gentleman, a gentleman named Liam in the chat says, "Were you guys concerned about any possible threats on the ground, or were you so focused on helping no. people get out?" We got no. We weren't concerned about that, but we got there a little bit too late to be right. going into the building. It was the buildings were on fire. And no one, when we got, by the time we got there, was going on top of that pile yet because they were trying to put out the fires that were yeah. from the thousands of gallons of jet fuel was burning. Right. And I, yeah. and I think it burned for days, right? Yeah. Yes. yeah. For months, you could smell that smell down by court. I went to court 
five months later, and I can still smell yep. that stuff in the air. Yep. You could smell it all the way up by the two three on East 102nd yeah. Street. Yeah, that whole yep. thing, that cloud just uh, yeah. traveled all the way up there. You know, yeah, we, it yeah, was just was... incredible. And if we had got down there in time, we'd have definitely been inside in there. We'd have definitely go in. What no oh, yeah. no saved us also it. was that we waited for uh, M N D O to call us up. Exactly. You know, yes. the cars yeah. would run down there. We caught Remember, we no, saw our uniforms and we sat and MNDO called up and told us to go down, to go down there. Yeah, we we got we uh, folks in the in the uh, that are listening. We waited for our it's called Manhattan North Detective Operations. We waited for our orders to come down from Detective Borough Manhattan. Came down to Manhattan North and they said all members of the service in the Detective Bureau put your uniforms on and head down to to Ground yep. Zero. And luckily, you know, uh, I, we had a lot of people in our office, in our squad. Some of them ran for their lives when those buildings came down. And luck, OE, how about o yeah. o o OE almost died, right? Yeah, OE he ran to the train station. Yeah, Roger Perino hit under a truck or something, you know. Yeah. So a lot of people had these stories that we heard and we were like, wow. You know, uh, not that we didn't try to get down there quickly, but we waited for – for them to tell us right, right, what they us. wanted to do. And, uh, you know, look, I, I feel I feel very um, happy and very lucky that we survived that day. Yeah, it wasn't our time. It wasn't our time guys, that day. Do you remember? I, I'm sorry, Billy. I'm no, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. But remember, um, Building 7 went down when we were there also. Right. And, I mean, you know, nobody really – talks about that too much but i remember that coming down and and again like an earthquake and i forgot what precinct i think we were in one of the precincts and they uh we that's when that came down and we were like again you know looking at each other like the world is yeah coming to yeah. One end. I mean, it was. That, really that was bad. a sad time. I remember. I, had, I remember all the uh, people putting up the missing persons flyers. Have you, uh, you know, have you seen the, the, you know, I guess their loved ones that got killed? And I spoke to some, you know, waiting for them to bring victims in, and they weren't bringing nobody in because they were most, most, most of them were gone. Yeah, we we discussed that last night. Uh, how that they were all hospitals had doctors come in from all over the place and then there was no one for them to uh right 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 for them they to work on because they were ready for for casualties but nothing came there was they were dead yeah. and nobody was going anywhere man i mean it was yeah, it was horrible. it was just yeah it was horrible when you think about it i mean yeah when you live through that stuff, you know, we're cops and we're used to seeing horrible things. But this was, uh, you know, as far as uh, during some of the World Trade Center, we'll talk about some of our other duties a little later, but I worked at the morgue a bunch of times. I wasn't assigned there. And I had seen, of course, my share of homicides working in the 2-3 and, the, you know, the, the Manhattan North. But I never saw bodies in the condition that they were in yeah. when they brought Pieces them into the morgue. Yeah, it was just... It was just uh, something that I have never seen before or since, thank God. Yeah, you know? hopefully we won't see it and, again in our lifetime. Liam, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. Liam is actually, he's trying to come on the job, and I think he's going to be coming on in October, and we wish him uh, as, as, great a career, as great a career as all four of us had, you know? Absolutely. If you, if you have that, you'll be a happy man, you know? Yeah, we had a good uh, but, time. But, God bless, man. Yeah, and you know something, living through this, I would always, I always talk about how. Imagine you were in the academy during this; they pulled that whole class out. Yeah, and yeah. they were. Imagine how shocking that was, because you like you were yeah, going from yeah. you you were going to a squat move to uh, you know, yeah, to down yeah. at the World Trade Center, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's just uh, incomprehensible, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a rough day. That's the word, incomprehensible. And then after that. The days after that is the cleaning up and doing yeah. this, um, trying to identify bodies, fam, I mean, so family could get closure. 
Yeah, I mean, guys, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll come back. If you guys have to hit the bathroom or get a drink, uh, do it now. Uh, it will be about be about a minute and a half, two minutes. Okay, folks, if you're if you're looking to move out of New York because of the high taxes and the craziness here, and you want to move down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Carol Waters is a realtor. She used to work in New York City at the Fitzpatrick Hotel for over 20 years as a bartender. Her and her husband now, Robin Mayen, they're both realtors down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They're million-dollar salespeople. So if you're looking for a condo, a house, give Carol Waters a call, 914-261-6681. Or you can email her at carolwaterssellsmb at gmail.com. And that's in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Folks, if you're looking for a fantastic attorney, Joe Murray is a retired member of the service, retired police officer, and he's a fantastic attorney. Uh, you can give him a call at 646-838-1702, or he's got a he's got a uh, email Joe at uh, excuse me his website Joe at jmurray-law.com. A fantastic attorney. And folks. Police Coffee is an officer-owned business dedicated to crafting the finest coffees and blends to provide you with the freshest coffee available. Each batch is roasted fresh by people who know what it means to stay vigilant. And our specialty coffees do not waste one drop when flavor is concerned. Our coffee is some of the best you'll find, but also helps serve as an important cause, giving back to our community. 50% of the profits goes towards helping family members of police officers who fell in the line of duty. To order coffee and related products from policecoffee.com, go to the website. There are over seven types of coffee to choose from. And again, 50% of the profits go to officers' families in need. For a 10% discount, use code OTC10. That's off the cuff 10. So again, the website is policecoffee.com. They're a fantastic company, and uh, it's going for a good cause, a big chunk of their profits. I just wanted to touch upon... A lot of folks don't know all of the duties that were we had to perform in regards to the World Trade Center. And one of the most horrible things that w- was very early on was a place called the Grievement Center. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah. I, I was called actually called the Bereavement Center. And you, Billy, uh, you want to tell uh, the listeners what you had to do there? I, I heard of it. I've never, I've never actually went to the Bereavement Center. So. Me too. Yeah, I didn't do it either. Yeah. Z, you didn't do it either. No, they were sending, they were sending me to the morgue and to and uh, the landfill, fresh kill, yeah. fish kill. Okay, what what the bereavement center was is people would come there whose family members were missing, and detectives would take their information and do a, like an investigation as the potential, and the family was told to bring items that they could collect DNA off of. It was horrible. Yeah. So because you were meeting people lost loved ones and you know when you talk about all of us you know have a has a have a touch of um ptsd peter pranzo harlem raiders thank you lieutenant pete lieutenant pete says prayers for all those lost on 11 and first responders lieutenant pete thank you so much buddy uh you're a hero harlem raiders street crime unit uh pete lieutenant pete's one of us big supporter of um police off the cuff yeah, so a duty, Ron. Yeah, they they collected DNA from hairbrushes, toothbrushes, and then they would they would collect that DNA, put it in a database, and that would be compared uh, against bodies and body parts yeah. that were recovered down zero so, uh, at ground zero, and then brought to the morgue, where they would photograph it, X-ray it, and take DNA. And that's sometimes people would bury a little piece of bone, and that gave the family yeah. closure. You know, that was one of the horrible jobs. Another um, horrible job, of course, as he mentioned it, was working at the morgue because that was seeing actually even cops and firemen that were brought in there, which was, uh, you know, very tough to deal with. Yes. Um, they would have a little ceremony when a cop was brought in or a fireman yeah, was brought in. right. And it was right. uh, very somber and very upsetting uh, for all of us. Yeah. Well, remember the, uh, the uh, fresh kill, you know, uh, you know the Staten Island dump. I remember seeing the uh, when they brought the the trucks, you know, the destroyed trucks in. 
and we would be on an assembly line and you would have to pick out I mean, you guys know. I mean, Z yeah. and, and Billy. I mean, um, you'd have to pick out things that you thought were, because it was a right. crime scene. And so right, identification, that, people's wallets, and stuff like that. We were on like that conveyor belt that came down. I remember, I remember get, finding a finger. Yeah. And, listen, I didn't freak out, but thinking about it now, it makes me more um it it, it, it freaks well, me you, out now. you're you're, re, you're reliving it and it's it's yeah. upsetting it's very yeah i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna show a little um people don't understand what fresh kills was i'm gonna show them a little piece of what fresh kills uh looked like fresh kills for me was an incredible I don't know where the the video the audio went for this, but it just gives you an idea. It was where they they um, let me just I remove remember. this where they removed all the. Uh, let me just stop sharing this for one second, and I'll I'll add it in a second. Um, Listen, that was so that was tremendous. So yeah, so fresh skill to me, like, remind you, like, when you look at um, Dalton, a farm, reopen and bring in five of the 2,200 acres. There you go. There's, uh, you can see it now. In the beginning, there were people that wanted the name of the landfill changed. They thought it was a morbid thing, but a kill, kill is Dutch for a river. And so the name was kept. Many of the objects were just from everyday life and very sort of neutral objects that couldn't be identified with a person. You'd see stuffed dolls. These were souvenirs from the gift uh, shop. I, I, I found a, a toy. Uh, and on, one day we saw a cigar store Indian, a, um, a life-size carved Indian. It was very um, demolished but recognizable. We saw pieces of Rodin bronze. It was interesting when they found the Rodin bronzes, they found a, a torso bronze with a head and feet cut off. And right away, they thought they had found human remains. And it was turned out to be a bronze piece. We saw lampposts. One day we were there and there was a, a, this enormous pile of lampposts from one of the, the surrounding streets and uh, fire hydrants that had come over. So the, the material would come over every day in a barge, depending on where they were cleaning up downtown. So they knew at Fresh Kills if this was from very deep or from some part of the trade center. So sometimes they could sort of expect what they were finding or what they were gonna find. The smallest sort of things we would see, they'd find keys and they saved any key that was marked the World Trade Center. Uh, and I think they saved, we probably saw about 200 or so keys. Another, sort of things that we would see as elevator signs, little little sign markers on the floors of an elevator. They found 25 or 30 of these, which we were thrilled to see. When you think there was 99 elevators in each building and 110 floors, and they only found 25 of these little three-inch signs, it wasn't very much. We were surprised when we got there and it felt like a construction site. There was no one in uniform there. You didn't know who was who. FBI agents were dressed like the Senate and everybody was moving around with this, this uh, loud sound of bulldozers and backhoes and, and beeping. And at first when I saw it, I thought they were moving mounds, mounds of dirt around with loaders. Um, and what we were seeing is was the ground remains of uh, the World Trade Center. And it had a very organized sense to it. The material came in in these buckets all together and put in one place. And then it was sorted We saw nothing we could recognize in the fields. We expected to see chairs and file cabinets and uh, what was left of offices. Uh, everything was reduced to the finest state. It basically looked like mountains of dirt. There were hills of gray dirt, vast expanses of wire, twisted rebar, fields of steel, and uh, the fields of vehicles. 
probably the thing I remember the most at Fresh Kills was the the FBI uh, evidence shed. Um, this is where they would bring the buckets of material that they would sort and find human remains or personal property. So we'd go in this little shed uh, that had no air ventilation. So it smelled terrible. It smelled like death. And there would be a bucket of human remains and a bucket of personal property and then a bucket of other um, objects that maybe they hadn't identified yet. In the open fields, you'd see the white suits slowly with their heads down, picking through um, the rubble or the wire or the just the, the, the mass of material there, uh, looking for human remains. The main objective was to find DNA. That was the main mission of this whole operation of sorting through 1.8 million tons yep. or to find the smallest piece of a human to identify uh, for a family. That was the main point. And so we would see these agents and detectives in these sorting sheds working on conveyor belts where the material would come off the fields and they would sort it. And then they would pick through this and these they were really loud sheds. They called them sheds. They were open tents. And there would be six or eight uh, agents lined up along these conveyor belts with this, this ear-numbing sound of, uh, of the machinery going. And these, these uh, men and women would pick brown pieces off the conveyor belt. It was all one color. It was all like this brown-gray dirt. But they would see the shape of a bone or a human remain or something that recognized... Uh, that I think that the audience got the drift of what we were doing there. And uh, it was one of the nastiest places to work at. I think most of you guys would agree. And the tours were 12 hours. Yeah. Because first of all, yeah. Staten Island is not an easy place to get to from anywhere. Uh, getting to it from Manhattan was at least an hour, hour, 15 minute drive. And then working there was nasty. It was just really, the ground bubbled from the methane gas. Yeah. I was, I was, yeah. Billy, right? I was just going to tell you, do you remember yep. seeing the, the bubbles coming up from the ground? Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. looking at it, I'm like, what the hell is this, man? I mean, and guys weren't wearing masks. There were some guys that were like, oh, who cares about yeah. the masks and stuff? That was the nutcases, yeah, yeah, you know. But I remember the, the ground bubbling and stuff. It was yeah. Horrible. You can actually smell the flesh. This I said, burnt flesh. Like, have you ever been... You got it, to it, smell it. It, it, it was it was it was horrible. I mean, I know I remember, dealt with it, but it was, I remember they were shooting off flares. They were shooting off flare guns to stop the seagulls from coming in and yes, eating the yes, fish yes. that was on the uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, someone just, were, someone yep, in I the remember. chat named a April Bowers asked, "Was DNA DNA ever found?" Yes, it was found, and oh, also. Yeah. Some uh, fully intact bodies were actually found because once this became a recovery, large chunks of steel would be put on a barge and floated down river to fresh kills. This yeah. was a massive, massive undertaking that apparently came in under budget because um, Chief Jim Jimmy Luongo, who at the time was an inspector, he was the commanding officer of fresh kills. And it, it was a massive, massive undertaking. And, I mean, I did it numerous times, but I, I didn't like doing it. I'll put it that way. I don't think anyone liked it. Some, some people actually volunteered to get the four hours overtime. I was like, that is Absolutely. real, Absolutely. That is real blood money. Right? You're finding yeah. fingers. You're finding a lot of IDs. Yeah. You'll find a finger with a wedding ring on it. So. Yeah, no, it, it was. It, it was good, Jimmy. I remember. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I, I kind of mentioned this before. I remember finding a uh, kid's toy. I mean, why was a kid's toy there? Because you know what? His he must have visited the his parents in the uh, office, or his father or mother, in the towers. Maybe not that day, but I think you're following what I'm saying. I mean. But I found a toy, and I I almost took it with me, but I was like, nah, I, I didn't feel right with it. I remember it was, and and, and you're going to laugh, but it, it was a wrestling toy. It was a wrestling figure, like, you know, from back then. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, man. I mean, yeah, yeah you know, it, it was, I'll tell you, man, that was a, 
that was, I mean, I know we're all doing good, but that was emotional shit back then. Man. Yeah. And now, I mean, you know, we're, we're here. God bless us, man. That, I mean, that we're not, none of us are, are sick as far as we know, you know? Right. In the, uh, on the screen, I have a uh, retired inspector, yeah. Joe Reek. He yeah. makes a comment. The mayor wanted it cleared fast. Saddest part is the US EPA saying the air was safe. That was the biggest lie I think ever told in the history of politics. Yeah, and, 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 and anybody from New Jersey. I mean, ahead, Billy. I don't mean to, anybody, I don't mean to sound, anybody with half a brain knew that air wasn't safe through all that stuff flying through it. Exactly. Exactly, Brother Hicks. It was, it was, it was Christine Todd Whitman. Thanks. Exactly. Yeah. Bring right. that you, could, you know, you could see that air wasn't all that stuff flying through the air. Yeah. You know? You know, it's I funny. Uh, was I was a, I was an SBA delegate, and, um, you know, the city was – the city fought. I mean, Bloomberg actually wasn't a big friend of the police. He, you know, people may disagree with that, but he paid a law firm $650 – $650 an hour to fight uh, the the federal government for to get not to give us the money, you know, because all I the know. settlements that yeah he did do that I he was know. trying to prevent it guys from getting money, and then of course we have in modern times you have John Stewart who went to Congress and embarrassed them into continuing the nine eleven fund. I don't yeah, know if you guys the, take. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys take medication in regards to the 9-11. I, I still I, I do, and I get yeah. it for free because it's from the 9-11 fund. But yep. they wanted to cut those funds off. And, and they did. You know, they cut a lot of it. They they did. And they well, Louis Alvarez was Louis uh, yeah, Louis Alvarez, Alvarez was I mean, yeah, I know. I'm he sorry. was the picture. Uh, I, I'm just gonna show you a quick um he I'm gonna show diesel. you. He was diesel, and, and, and he ended up being this skinny green thing, man. And he died unnecessarily. I mean, and but he 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 went before Congress. And in front of me, a nearly empty Congress, sick and dying. They brought themselves down here to speak to no one. shameful it's an embarrassment to the country and it is a stain on this institution you should be ashamed of yourselves for those that aren't here but you won't be because accountability doesn't appear to be something that occurs in this chamber we don't want to be here lou doesn't want to be here none of these people want to be here but they are and they're not here for themselves they're here to continue fighting for what's right. Lou's going to go back for his 69th chemo. The great Ray Pfeiffer would come down here, his body riddled with cancer and pain, where he couldn't walk. And the disrespect shown to him and to the other lobbyists on this bill is utterly unacceptable. You know, I used to get, I, I, would, I would be so angry at the latest injustice that's done to these men and women. And, uh, you know, another business card thrown our way uh, as a way of, of shooing us away. Like children, trick-or-treating, rather than the heroes that they are and will always be. Ray would say, calm down, John, calm down. I got all the cards I need. And he would tap his pocket. Where he kept the prayer cards. 343 firefighters. Official FDNY response time to 9-11 was five seconds. Five seconds. 
That's how long it took for FDNY, for NYPD, for Port Authority, for EMS, to respond to an urgent need from the public. Five seconds. Hundreds died in an instant. Thousands more poured in to continue to fight for their brothers and sisters. Breathing problems started almost immediately. They were told they weren't sick, they were crazy. Then, as the illnesses got worse, things became more apparent. Well, okay, you're sick, but it's not from the pile. Then, when the science became irrefutable, okay, it's the pile. This is a New York issue. I don't know if we have the money. And I'm sorry if I sound angry and undiplomatic, but I'm angry, and you should be too, and they're all angry as well, and they have every justification to be that way. There is not a person here, there is not an empty chair on that stage that didn't tweet out, never forget the heroes of 9-11, never forget their bravery, never forget what they did, what they gave to this country. Well, here they are. And where are they? And it would be one thing if their callous indifference and rank hypocrisy were benign, but it's not. Your indifference costs these men and women their most valuable commodity. Time. Amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, thank God he stood up for everybody because they weren't going to re-up the money. Yeah. They These politicians are so sickening. And Republicans and Democrats, they, were all, they weren't going to re-up the money. And it took a celebrity to go in there and fight for them. And it's amazing he got it reversed. Yeah. He shamed, he shamed them. Right. He well, shamed them into voting for it. Billy, uh, get... Give, give also a lot of credit. I mean, and I know you do, but I'm just bringing this up to Louis Alvarez. Yeah. He spoke before then, and you saw this man that was uh, at one time this diesel tough kid, and uh, the way he looked when he when he passed away. Um, I mean, I mean, be, between Stewart. But Alvarez, I mean, that was heart-wrenching and the truth. Yeah. And a guy who actually started in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, uh, someone someone asked, uh, Crime Ghost, thanks for the 799 Super Chat. Are you guys glad they didn't rebuild the Twin Towers? I, I wish they would have. I think it just shows American ingenuity sure. and American balls that were not afraid. But there was such politics in rebuilding it that, um, you know, uh, you know. Obviously, it took a lot of years to rebuild, but the whole design was um, was infused with politics. On, yeah. but I don't know. Would anyone want to go in a hundred ten story building again? I don't know. Not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I think they should have rebuilt them and made them the tallest buildings in the world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You nice. know, it's uh, you know because you know, but. There's such politics with this. I don't know if you guys have been following it, but the 20th anniversary, of course, is 9-11 of this year. And they're not letting first responders that responded then attend. I, know. I find that so oh, outrageous. Disgusting. Yeah, disgusting. Because politicians want to control the narrative. And right, they right, can blame right. they can blame it on they could say, oh, it's COVID. No, it's not. Right. They tried to stop the lights last year. And I remember the SBA and the PBA and a lot of the unions got together and goes, no, you're not stopping it. And that was all Andy boy, Andy Cuomo, you know, who now is looking for a job, sure. you know, but these, yeah, these folks, uh, I cannot believe they would not allow first responders to go 
to the memorial. It's a 20-year anniversary of yes. this. It's, it's, it's tremendous. Every year was tremendous, but, you know, 20 years, I mean, we all understand that, you know, 20 years is 20 years. That That's a lifetime in the police department. Yes. But the, the point is, you're, you're going to actually, you had the balls to say that to, to, to people, especially to the first responders, to the, to the New York City Police Department? And so yeah, many of my I, friends, Gadzi. I see so many of my friends passed away of cancer or breeding. At least over 20, I know. Even one of my best friends in my office, he recently had a had a big surgery, got he had cancer. God bless. Right now, he's doing a he's doing better now. He's eating healthier. I mean, he always eat healthy. He's strong as an ox, but he takes care of himself now because he had cancer from 9-11. Yeah. So God bless him. You know, you know I mean? a lot of a lot of the guys that took the brunt of this. Obviously, a lot of the fire department guys were there, and they were so emotionally connected that they didn't want to leave there because they were covering their brothers. But also ESU, ESU was down yeah. there for months and months, right. and you know, yeah, a lot of guys. Other uh, the morgue people, Taru, some of those people, and they they have the long term health problems. You know. Billy, I He's, wanted to tell you, I just want to give a, a, a shout out. Sure. Uh, John Coughlin, who was a sergeant in ESU, was killed that day. And he was a very good friend of mine. I mean, very good. And here he is, Jimmy, on the up, upper left. Oh, yeah, there, there he is, man. You know, uh, the left, upper left, I mean. Upper you know, left, yeah. He was the, he was a, a, a doll of a person. A monster, like he could break your neck, but he was the sweetest man that you could ever meet. And he got killed that day. And when we got back to the precinct that night, um, I got a call saying that he got killed. Yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, I remember that too, Jim. I was uh, I was crushed, and to this day, it it, it still bothers me because he was a. Uh, a hell of a guy, man. A damn good cop and uh, and, a, and a great friend. And um, that broke my heart. Yeah. I mean, along with, I know, you know, we there was another almost 3,000 people that were killed. But personally, you know, I had a friend that I lost a friend that day, you know. 100%. Duty Ron, uh, he, he was, he's a retired detective. Uh, he says his sergeant, Pete Orbach, is going under the knife on September 14th, fighting stage four World Trade Center cancer. Wow. You know, wow. Duty Ron, there's a million stories. There's a lot of sick people, but a lot of people that have already died from it. And I always feel that we being first responders have that thing hanging over our head, that it could happen to us too. Yeah. 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 Now, you know, and so far, right. So far we're healthy, but. So far, so good. Yeah. So, But yeah. It, it, it could happen. And, you know. As I said, one of the reasons I wanted to get together with you guys is because, to me, this is, you know, an amazing job like the police department, where some of us are on it close to 30 years, 25 years, 27, 20. It's like there's no other job really like that. And you meet people at the beginning of your career. You meet some of them at the end of your career. And then you keep meeting them after you retire. Yeah. Hey, weren't you on the job? And there's this camaraderie and there's this brotherhood. And not just with the NYPD. You can go anywhere in the world and say, hey, I'm retired from the job. And they're going to go out of their way to help you, you know? Yep. Yeah. So it, it is an amazing uh, brotherhood. And, exactly. you know, I, this this thing uh, where we have, you know, that we have this horrendous incident that we that bond us 20 years later. And as I said, I'm so happy that all of us are still alive, you know, and, and – yeah. A lot of yeah. people from the two, three precincts survived this too. Listen, uh, you guys. All cops. I mean, we're, 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 I mean, prior to uh, prior to uh, 9/11 and, and after 9/11, great friend, I family to me. I mean, uh, sometimes we don't talk for a long time, but when we get together, yep, like it was yesterday. It was That's like right, yesterday, man. exactly. Yep. And uh, I, will, I will never ever forget 
you guys and 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 the people that I met on the job. I mean, uh, the greatest. It was a great job. I mean, it's a shame yeah. what this turned yeah. into, but we met friends for life. Yeah, and all for all life. cops, all cops who was down there that day or the six months after, please get checked at least once a year, at least twice a year, because you never know. I get checked twice a year. Yes. Because you never know. I lost a lot of friends and yeah. I get twice a year. So whoever's on there, please get checked. Yes. Yeah, you know, Z, that's uh, some really um, profound advice. I've been going to the Mount Sinai thing since yeah. it started, you know, and Very I good. go, I go to, in fact, I got to go again this September. But, you know, things can creep up and the earlier you catch things, uh, the or better off you'll be. Detection is everything, man. Listen, 100%. Free. Right, exactly. Thanks to John Stewart and, and, and Alvarez, it's free. Right. And you can yep. do it at any time you want, man. I mean, there's guys that I know that still haven't gone, but do it. It's worth it. A couple of hours, I mean, one day, I mean, two hours. Who cares, man? Do it, man. You know, it's funny. For anything reason, for any other reason, but to, for your health and your family and and listen, you deserve it. You know, Jimmy, I was some levity. You know, when I used to go to the World Trade Center thing where they'd say, "Would you like to see the psychologist?" And I would say, "No, uh, I don't. I don't think I need the psychologist." Well, they say, "Well, the psychologist is a little concerned that you drink like two bottles of wine a week," and I was like. Tell her not to worry about it, because I sure as hell aren't worried about it. Listen, I I do the shrink thing. I do it all. It's all worth it. I mean, to each his own. Everybody knows what what they're feeling. Listen, it's worth it. You don't have to do it. You don't like it. You can step off. Take advantage of 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 the little things that at least they give us now. Because it's, it's 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 healthy for you physically and mentally. A hundred percent, Joshua. Thanks for the five dollar super chat, folks. You know, one of the things we just wanted to get out there too, and Billy Hicks uh, had mentioned it earlier. For at least probably a month after the, the World Trade Center incident, police were the police and fire department were the heroes of the world, and at some point it got back to uh, treating us how we were used to being treated. You know, yeah, and. You know, I always remember, you know, it seemed like crime didn't, it just sort of disappeared yeah, after that. Yeah, disappeared. Nobody was, right? no one was taking any reports for it anyway. And then I remember December 1st, 2001, we had four murders in the 2-3 precinct, and that woke us up out of the post-9-11 back to crime fighting. Yeah, you guys to, remember that day? Yeah. It was like, yeah. there's nothing going on. Everybody was nice. I remember pulling up in front of the 2-3. There was people in front of the for the yeah. projects across the street, clapping and, you know. I mean, uh, giving you things. I mean, yeah. giving you, like, gifts. I mean, it was like, I'm not going to mention certain names, but, uh, you know, some people took all this, like, stuff that was like, uh, oh, a great <laughs> pair of boots, you know? And, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Detective, yeah. I won't mention, I won't mention his name either. It's way too but you know, Listen, folks, what, what, what? Go ahead, Jimmy. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, you know, one part of policing, even in the most horrendous things you see, is we try to keep our sense of humor. And in the two, three detective squad, I had some of the best laughs I had anywhere, anywhere in my life. Absolutely. And like, just every day was, you know, and that part of it is the camaraderie of camaraderie of ball breaking. You know, yeah. cops, yeah. cops are geniuses at busting balls. And, you know, if they ever took, they ever took that away from us, it wouldn't, the job wouldn't be as fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and everyone knows what little word, what little thing they can get the other guy with. Right. Yeah. He doesn't like when you say that, you know, like, come on, go get me some pasta fazool or something, you know, <laughs> things yeah. like that. And, and everyone knew how to get the other guy, but it was all in good fun. And that's what made the time go by fast. Yeah. It, was, it, it was a good house. The There's no one in the two, three that I can say I dislike. From the time I was there. What's yep. that? I said there was no one in the two three that I could truly say I dislike. 
No, no I, got, I liked everybody in the command. Yeah, everybody yeah. had great times. With anybody who was it that that, that me, one second. out had a couple. Boy, I got to call you back in about five minutes. But the rest right. of us knew you and you and another ten guys that were they were the great family, the greatest guys in the world. The best That's a, absolute. in the world, man. Yeah, absolutely. I always thought the two three squad was a a when I, I had the rip there. It was the, one of the best rips in the city. Then when I slid across the hall, a slimy slid across the hall. It was just the squad was one of the best squads in the yeah. city. You know, guys, so, we're, we're at an hour and five minutes, so I'm going to give everyone a last a last remarks, and then we could say goodnight to every Billy Hicks. Got any last remarks on this? 20-year anniversary of 9-11? Well, it was good seeing you guys, and God willing, we'll hopefully we'll be around for another 20th anniversary. We hope so. That's for sure. Z? Same thing. Same thing. Hope another 20 years. And please, guys, just get checked out. That's it. Go that's, to the doctor. So, that, that's some great advice. Jimmy Z? Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you, you guys. I still love you. And I have to really piss. So uh, <laughs> hey, I, got sure. one, I got one thing to say to you, Jimmy, before you go. What? Where'd you get that shirt? <laughs> oh, I was at a party tonight. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Uh, <laughs> no, All right, folks. You, you know who? I, well, I'll tell you another time, brother. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, someone in the chat says Lee Pactor didn't have a weight problem. He had a height problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty damn good joke, you know. That's that's pretty funny. If, if yeah. you know Lee and Lee, pra and Lee Pactor, a good guy. he's a great guy, but yeah. a big jokester himself. He would probably find that funny himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lee Pactor was a good guy. So, folks, everyone listening tonight, uh, everyone out there, it's been it was a nine eleven responder. Thank you so much for listening, and all you guys. God bless you, and I'm so happy that you came really on the show tonight. Thank you very much for your. Thank you. Anytime you need us, just call. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, All right. I'm Bill Cannon from Police Off the Cuff. Everyone, good night and be safe. Thank you so much. Peace. Peace.